Hello everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems, and as always, I'm your host, the Admirable Admiral. And as always, we're in a video store somewhere, your hometown, so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist, and of course guys, after the six years, six and a half years of doing this show, I have not done a strictly Hanukkah-centric movie, and I decided, hey, this is technically my podcast, so I can do anything I want. So I literally turned to the Butt Meister. How's it going, buddy? Hi, everyone. Sorry, I'm eating latkes right now, and these are fucking delicious. You're welcome. <laughs> literally, we have do a photo every week, and uh, we're doing Full Court Miracle, which is an allegory for Hanukkah, a baseball. And bear with, because I was raised Catholic, but I have close friends that are helping me become more cultured, including the Admiral here, introducing me to latkes that are basically softer, better hash brown patties. Not gonna lie, and apparently you enjoy them with either sour cream or applesauce. No, sour why cream would you, only. Why would you sour even go with applesauce? Sour cream only. Why? Thank you. You should tell Patron that. I, I'm not gonna per tell Patron shit. Okay. <laughs> Let her enjoy what she enjoys. But hi everyone, welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're, excuse me, potato in my mouth. We're another podcast that mostly talks about movies, but sometimes other random things like TV shows and video games, and, and in today's case, a Disney Channel original movie. Decom. A decom, ladies and gentlemen. Or if you're, an, or if you're in a long time coming, world. we're finally doing a decom, and it's a Hanukkah movie. Or if you're from the other part of the world, that's called a telly movie. Is this the first decom you've done on here, or have you done Luck of the Irish too? I think there's a second Luck of the Irish movie. Have you done Luck of the Irish as well? Oh, um, no, I don't think so. I'd have to go back and check my notes, but mm -hmm. I don't think I have. Because that's the movie I want to do too. Do you want to do that for? I was going to leave that up to the Cinemaniacs. You know, hear this one out. Uh, tell us how we did. Tell us what you thought about our thoughts on Full Court Miracle. And uh, let us know if you want us to do more uh, Disney Channel original movies. But we'll get there when we get there. We'll whore ourselves out and tell you where to contact us and all that fun stuff. In at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. We'll get there. All right. So Full Court Miracle. So we I'm have gonna, a lockup. Do you want the last lockup? We can split it in half. Okay. I've... I've I love those things so much. So yeah, they're real good. We go ahead and we're having latkes. It's Hanukkah, and it's also time to watch Full Court Miracle, which I watched with Patron Silver the other day, and she was great for the first like ten to fifteen minutes, and then just knocked out for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. And the dogs are the dogs are just like, Dad, isn't Abuelita gonna go ahead and hang out with this? I'm going to start off, this apparently was based on a true story. It was based on the actual life of Lamont Carr, who was a former college basketball player, University of Virginia basketball player, who went to Pennsylvania? Went, went to, I mean, I know Pennsylvania. Philadelphia? Yeah, went to Philadelphia and coached a Jewish school basketball team to great success, apparently. Um, so yeah, this is a wholesome as hell you, movie. You know Do you want to get is? into the plot of it? You know what this movie is? Mm. It's Coach Carter for kids. Yeah, it's Coach Carter for kids. Yeah. I mean, Coach Carter for Jewish people kind of pushing it, but you know. I'm, I'm comfortable saying Coach Carter for kids. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie is what, whenever it came on on Disney Channel, I would always try and DVR it. <laughs> you would always watch it. I would always try Subway to watch it because this is one of my favorites. And rewatching it last year, the year previously with Patron, it's cheesy, 
as hell. It's wholesome as hell. It really is. Is it weird that the music has stuck with me for so long that I remember that music? The little theme that they have? Uh, I mean, no, because no, I don't even remember the music in this movie, honestly. Except for... Uh, except for that, what I'm going to call the dreidel rap. <laughs> but we'll get there, because it's toward the end of the movie. <laughs> that is still that's still in my head. That was pretty great. But yeah, this little this little kid played by Alex D. Lintz, the other Home Alone kid, not uh, uh, Kevin McAllister. <coughs> no, he. I'm thinking he is technically. Is he a retconned Kevin McAllister? Yeah. Wow, that's real dumb. But but he's the other Home Alone kid. He's not Kevin. He's not Macaulay Culkin. That's real dumb. But yeah, he's a he's a 14 year old freshman at a Philadelphia Hebrew Academy, um, and all of his friends are they're they want to be on the basketball team they're all on the basketball team and they want to be good but their coach can't be bothered to care all i gotta say is the use of the word tourney <laughs> yeah no, i i agree anytime you try to use the word tourney in a serious com context yeah this is these are the some of the most laughable excuse me movie villains i've ever seen from a decom and that's saying something Although I will say, uh, what's up with the, the the decom trend of the movie's antagonist? In this case, well, the, I think it was the principal lady uh, getting covered in slime or mud or water or something like that. Just took me out oh, of the Ms. movie. Oh, Miss Klein? Yeah, seeing Miss Klein get just, just covered in mud. I'm like, why? Why was that even? Necessary? Oh, see, I thought you were talking about the nobody cares about other basketball coach. And he's oh like, yeah. He's like, just setting the rules, son. Just make. I was like. You're a fucking asshole. Yeah, you are taking uh, freshman basketball way too seriously. <laughs> What's up with this tourney, man? Um, uh, all I gotta say is, I feel the pain of his mother. Oh? Because she doesn't listen to him. Oh? No, I mean in the movie. Well, yeah. Yeah, she's like, I like how she's like, oh, you know. You're gonna be a doctor, right? You can shadow. Just promise me you'll think about it. Okay, I, the next day, literally, it's the next day. She's like, "I signed you up for it." It's like he never agreed to that. Yeah, at he never agreed to that at all. Never. I understand that pain. I just want everybody to know that. So, you know, the uh, main kid in the movie, Schlotz, Alex Schlotzky, uh, their basketball team's having a bit of a hard time getting a foot up, and um, so they meet the ghost. Randomly, they're just they're just shooting hoops at a public at, park. At a public park, and they see this random dude shooting hoops and and be really fucking good. And he just goes up to him. To at which point, me and Glados are both screaming about stranger <coughs> danger. Because wasn't this about the time where everything was about stranger danger? Like, hey, don't approach a random dude with well, a van. Well, that happened in that happened in like the late the mid 80s. to late nineties. The, the the late eighties, and then everybody was about it. During the 90s. So, yes. Technically, it was still around. It was big. I mean, it's still a big thing today. That being said, uh, Schlotz was very lucky that this ha this dude happened to be real cool yeah. and chill. Uh, even when the kid is basically interrogating him. He's like, hey, what's going on? Hey. I will give you your ball back if you tell me your name. Like, motherfucker, give me the ball back. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? And so then he convinces um, Mr. Carr to... Yes teach them basketball on a public court and gives them 20 and gives him 20 dollars a day something like that it's I, either I 10 or 20 
It's it's not much, but right. considering he lives in a van. Yeah, which we also see that he's doing this to better his family's life. Yeah. Like, he's doing it because he wants to be on the Sixers. He wants to be a Philadelphia 76er. Which, by the way, this was all shot in Toronto. <laughs> wow. I've never that's been, great. Okay, I've never been to Philly as far as I know, but I don't think that's the Philly skyline. No, I don't think so either. Okay. It, it seemed a little bit off. I've also never been to Philadelphia at all, or um, any part of Pennsylvania for that matter. And so, so while you know, they, his van is busted, and he's like, "I gotta have five hundred dollars as soon as possible." And he's like, "Cool, if we raise that money, will you like? Do we have to stop paying you?" And he's like, "Yeah, if you do it." So he decides to take. Uh, Alex takes his own espresso mm-hmm. machine mm-hmm. and starts going. Okay, look, look, okay. I 100% agree with this business entrepreneurship. Why right in front of your school? Why? It's go to the public dumb. park. It's kind of dumb. Go, go in front of the grocery store. Go somewhere else. Why in front of your school on a Saturday? It's, it's kind of dumb. Mrs. Klein walks up. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, cool. Mrs. Klein calls Alex's mom. He immediately is like, hey, Dr. Schlotsky wants to talk to you. Oh, dude. That comes to find out. Her mom, his mom, is upset because he doesn't promise things that she didn't agree. He didn't officially agree to, which doesn't make sense why she gets pissed at. Yeah, because she doesn't listen. Um, and I love how the his dad's just like, why don't you just let him do what he wants? And the dad is kind of the real MVP of this movie um, because he uh, basically. Tells Lamont, like, hey, I'll let you live in this place that I'm trying to sell if you help, like, refurbish it and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you coach my son's team, be there for them. And he does teach them for a little bit. Um, Mrs. Klein, this crazy woman, oh. um, walking in on practice at the worst possible time, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. gave me really uncomfortable flashbacks to when I was a teacher because even as a student, I hated the administrators and teachers that would just walk around and spy on classrooms from the back of the room for 30 seconds out of context and then judge your whole performance based on that out of context 30 seconds. Like, no, that's not a review. That's, that's, no. So, yeah, <coughs> Ms. Mrs. Klein, oh, you when mean- she... When he was talking about, I love you. What, what was the girl's name? I don't even remember. Alyssa that. Goldberg. She she walked in when he was doing the whole like, you're the butt. You're the you're booty, the butt, of the baby. Team. You're the butt. You're the booty of the team. You got to get them out of the way. I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm on board. I don't think she's she's gonna be though. Yeah. I don't think the umbrage of this movie is gonna be on board with that. <laughs> Which also, by the way, did you like how they actually um, actually like how they sat down to uh, Shabbat uh, dinner for yeah. for a night of Hanukkah. Uh, it was really nice and really wonderful. And I love, I love, he goes, oh, now if only I had a glass of milk. Oh, kosher. I was like, yeah, he gets it. He's trying. He's trying. Just like I'm trying. Like the, the, the best way to <coughs> combat ignorance is education. Yep. The best way to combat, uh, ignorance and people not knowing basic things about other cultures is to help educate them. And abs him doing this. Um, that education does take an open mind, yeah. which fortunately Lamont is very open-minded to all of this. And also Lamont, uh, kind of, I guess, turns Alex's mother around as to be like, Hey, look, uh, I'm literally doing this to help better 
for the kids. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing this for me. I'm not doing this for... Th- I'm literally... I see these, these kids with big dreams, yeah. and I want to help them. Yeah. Yeah. And so, th- at that point, she's she's realizes, like, oh, snap. What am I doing? What can I do to help? Yeah, so this, this is up. one of the most wholesome-ass Disney yeah. movies. Or well, DCOMs, I should say. And then, I love that. I love that they just mention the weather in just a one-off screen thing. They're like... Uh, weather will be hitting the Philadelphia area at 7 p.m. tomorrow night, so go ahead and get out those rain jackets and take out the umbrellas. Yes, the plot dictates that it be storming like a motherfucker on the night of the basketball finals. <laughs> no, basketball tourney. <laughs> you say it correctly. I. It's also very interesting to me that this high school would have an entire tournament over the course of one day. Like, no, those are usually over the course of a week or well, two. It, not it, necessarily a whole day. That's how you... Hurt people. <laughs> it it could be like it could be just like four or five games because we don't know how many schools were involved. I'm pretty sure the bracket we saw where teams were moving up over the bracket had at least eight to twelve teams. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was also like intensely like reading comic books on Comicsology while this was going on because I've seen this movie a thousand. You've times. seen this movie a thousand times. I think this is the first time I've seen this movie all the way through. Oh, so you had did catch it on Disney when you were younger? Um, I think I saw bits and pieces of it on Disney when I was younger. I didn't fully understand. What about what those was commercial breaks? What about those commercial <laughs> breaks? Which which abrupt commercial break is your favorite? <laughs> I don't know if I have a favorite, but clearly you do. Oh, uh, the one where they're like, when <coughs> when she goes and picks up uh, Lamont from the from the thing, and I like how she's like, hey, she's talking. I I don't know exactly which basketball player she was talking to but I like it was I think it was an actual real basketball player that she was talking yeah. to and she's like hey what would you say to a five foot three uh freshman that wants to be in the NBA and I love how he's like sign him up he's got big dreams sign yeah. him up yeah and that, then, that's great immediately that's wholesome like as after hell. that it just cuts and I'm like okay god and, damn it and then, and then literally the next part the doors open up Where's my dogs at? I'm With like, like the heavenly light <laughs> shining from behind him, like wow, <laughs> this is not subtle at all. Jesus, I mean no, not <laughs> Jesus, obviously because this is a humor movie. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I didn't plan on getting, I didn't plan on getting a Christ joke in here during a Hanukkah movie. It just happens. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> It's, it's, is it okay? It's, <laughs> Does that pass? Christmas usually stops over Hanukkah anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, we can't drink at the same time, so one of us has to walk. Okay, okay cool. I'll drink now. Go ahead and drink. Um, so yeah, he walks in during the finals of the tournament with light shining behind him and coaches the team. As, by the way, the power has gone out, so like there's a generator. Because this is an allegory right, because it's a hanukkah allegory about the oil lasting way more longer than it should <coughs> have right excuse me eight nights when it was only supposed to last one exactly the oil to quote john stewart oil that burned quite slowly <laughs> i'm sure he'll get a kick out of that if he listens to this uh he better listen to this <laughs> <laughs> um oh shit where was i gonna go with this um so the generator's going out, and I love that the math, te- the algebra teacher. Yes. 
who used to coach the team is that, having a genuinely hard time figuring out the oil uh, ratio, uh, ratio, the rate of consumption on this old ass generator. I would say nineteen thirty five generator. Yeah, it's ancient. It looked. It looked either. It looked like it should not still be running. It looked like it was either built in World War Two or decommissioned and brought back for Vietnam. I have no idea. But yeah. So basically, it's an allegory for Hanukkah. Which did, did you also get super annoyed at the Warriors, the other team, being super fucking pedantic and abusing timeouts? During <laughs> like, okay, wait, the the power in this gym went out. Logically, we would just postpone the game to another night. Like that just makes the most sense to me. I was a basketball manager in high school. I never played, but like I knew how the game worked. I knew how tournaments were arranged and shit. If power goes out in the gym and their generator's not working, hey, let's just postpone to another night <coughs> so we can have a full game uninterrupted by nature's bullshit. Nope. No, they have to have the, the plot-centric miracle on this it's one. It's literally act of God. Yeah. Um, so, basic. what about the flashback with him being such a small uh, Maccabee oh my and God. him looking up to the warriors <coughs> it <coughs> which i guess they chose the warriors because it couldn't be that offensive of a native american that, that is that is pretty that is pretty neutral yeah yes it can it yeah the it word can, warriors can basically look it's not redskins okay it it could have been get, so much is worse. it weird that i want to get a shirt that says caucasians that'd be fucking hilarious yeah caucasians that'd be fucking hilarious. they make those shirts colonizers <laughs> That's the thing. It's not Caucasians. It's colonizers. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, I love how they have the flashback. And then they also talk about, which I remember a lot from this movie, the scene that the, the rabbi was telling. Maybe we get a smidge closer to the mic. Oh, the rabbi was talking to about with Lamont Carr when he was like, use our advantages to us because they were a small force. That yes, at which point he shouted their strategy of a full port, full court press to the whole gym so the other team can hear what they're talking about in their huddle because that's great basketball strategy. Oh, no, I was actually talking about the scene prior when he was like talking about how the, uh, the Maccabees and the Hebrews, they went in and they bore into the tunnels yes. and they would all make right turns so yep. whenever the invading force came, they would have to use their left hand. Mm-hmm. And that scene has always sat with me because I guess it just, to me, it was just so nice to actually see history being told. That Through some, a modern lens. Yeah, but also actually some rabbis can be nice in general and just not overbearing. <coughs> and that scene and the flashback scene has always like stuck with me. And I'm just like, I love this movie more than I thought I remembered. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know. It was fun. It is a very, very wholesome movie. Um, Coach Carter only, for kids. We've only talked about this for about 20 minutes, but I feel like we're already at a point where we can rate this movie. So, so basically, oh, spoilers for almost, an almost, it's an 18-year-old movie. Hey, this movie's of age. Right? When did it exactly come out? What date? 2003. November 21st, 2003. Hey! <laughs> we made it! Yay! Um, a, a, shy, a couple of weeks shy of the official 18th birthday. Or 19th birthday? Yeah. 18th. So, Math is hard. I don't. I teach algebra. I don't know. Here on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. No, I was going to say that they win the tourney. 
Oh, well, yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and Lamont stays with them, and he gets to hang out with his family in Philly. Yeah. And he gets to do something he, that he actually gets to life. teach the kids, because he wanted to. Because he yeah. realized, like, with his bum knees, he's not going to make it as a pro. But he can still inspire young players to pursue their careers. Which, not going to lie, was kind of the same logic that I used when I wanted to be a band director. Mm. Like... Being a teacher is kind of awesome because you get to watch the light bulb moment. You get to watch kids tap into their potential and talent. You mean soul? Yes. So that was awesome. And this movie was just wholesome as hell. Um, And also, uh, whenever um, he's like sitting there with his, with with the ice on his knees, like you said, he was was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And that's when I think he knew he's like, that's not what I want to do anymore. I actually want to teach. And also, um, when he was talking about when I guess Alex's mom was grilling him, which now we see where Alex gets it from. Yeah. <coughs> and I love that they kept saying Alex should be a lawyer, <coughs> like the entire time. Um, the running joke of man, you just can't win an argument with a with a schlotz, can you? <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um, that he basically went to Virginia. To study, and he studied, um, uh, I think it's athletic. There, uh, there you go. Come on. You got this. Aerobics or something to do with athletic. Athletic training? Ath- uh, athletic medicine? Yes. That's sports somewhere. medicine? That's somewhere in that area. The, the Ath- general area. Yeah. Yeah. Athletic medicine. Physical or therapy? Somewhere in that area. Yeah. And I just like that. He, he's like, that's what he really wanted to do. He really wanted to do that. He really wanted to teach and help people find... Like you said, their potential, the light bulb moment. Um, and not uh, finding their light bulb moment, not just with the kids, but with other teachers too. When, uh, what is it, Rabbi Lewis is telling uh, Lamont the the story of Hanukkah and all this stuff. And Lamont is, is coming right back with like, okay, I get how that relates to like this particular <coughs> real life situation. And I'm like, hey, you'd, you'd be a pretty good, uh, pretty good rabbi whatever assistant and he's like, coach. You, you'd be pretty good assistant coach yeah like that the mutual respect for each other right there was really cool mm-hmm. and i those are my favorite moments in movies of when two people who are really good at individual things kind of see eye to eye and like game respecting game yeah. yeah so so this movie is really wholesome and really good and really cheesy at the same time but you should go ahead and tell us what what we, how we rate stuff. Like. Yeah, so here on Cinema Gems, we have a rating system. It's real simple. Whole gem, amazing movie. Loved it. Half a gem, eh, it's okay. Maybe watch it if it's free. Uh, no gem at all, don't bother. Waste of time. <coughs> what do you give this movie? I give this a whole... <laughs> <laughs> I was... That's the Disney... <laughs> okay. Bye! I was going to say that... Uh, I was going to say I give the... It a whole gem, but as the gems are doing I was gonna give the it a horror. horror. <laughs> You're doing the horror. I was gonna give it a whole dreidel, but I was afraid that might be a little bit uh You know, I almost brought a dreidel and I was like <laughs> No. I was like, that's too much. Is it too much? The latkes are fine enough. I should have brought cheese blunts, it would have been perfect. Well man, this is a wholesome as hell movie. It's on Disney Plus, so <coughs> If you're Jewish and somehow haven't seen this movie, or absolutely if, go watch it. And if you're not Jewish and would like a little bit of very easy, boiled-down insight into another culture, 
Yeah, go watch this movie, because they boil it down to very easy to digest for anyone. It's literally for kids. It's literally for kids. It's an allegory for Hanukkah. Which makes it easy to digest if, like me, you were raised Catholic, but now you don't necessarily subscribe to any religion other than, hey, just be kind to people. Uh, This is a really good, very, like, Hanukkah for dummies. (laughs) Yeah. And it's played by, and also his girlfriend is from Degrassi: The Next Generation. I know. Is that the one with Drake? I think so. That yeah. that's the one with Drake. I, I never, I never watched any of the Degrassi's. Sorry. I never did either. I'm trying to just appeal to people. I'm trying to just appeal to people. Well, hey, if <coughs> y'all watched Full Court Miracle and you liked it, and you want us to review more Disney Channel original movies or DCOMs as they are known, um, you can uh, email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. Uh, you can One tweet five. at us, uh, DM us on Twitter, retweet our <coughs> stuff, whatever. That's where we post all the episodes, too, at cinemagems underscore pod. Uh, and then you can follow the Instagram page, which we're trying to be a little more uh, com- It worked this week. I, I liked how it worked this week. I think we're going to keep that up if it we can. It worked this week. You kinda, you kinda... What, what's the Insta again? Oh, uh, cinemagems pod. But funny story about that. So, as you're texting me this... Yes. It's the day after Thanksgiving. Yes. So my brain's like, it's Monday. <laughs> like, my brain's like, it's Monday. Yeah. Because you just had off. Yep. So when you text me that, I literally was like, <gasps> I literally would be like, what day is it? <laughs> and I went to look up at the fantastic Miss Frida. I have to show you a picture. But she has on, are you familiar with the movie Back to the Future? Yes, of course I am. I think you've made me watch it at least three times. So you know how Marty McFly has the little red life preserver yes so patron silver got that for their first night of hanukkah got her her got her one of those and got tesla poncho okay and tesla loves his poncho by the way he absolutely loves it okay frida hates her (laughs) her vest so much that she looks like she's like she's having an existential crisis And literally, I was like, I literally, when you text me, I go, what time is it? And Frida just goes, puts her hand, puts her paw on my, my knee, and she just looks at me, and she just kind of shakes the, the, leash, the thing off, so I take it off, and I was like, oh, it's Friday. I was like, I was like, damn you, future boy! <laughs> wow. So, it scared me, but it did work perfectly. Cool. I'm glad that worked out. You got, you got super nervous for I a second. Got, I really got excited when I, I got off of work on Black Friday and I saw that the episode was uploaded on LoadRainPictures.com, which, if you want to just like skip all the Twitter stuff, I won't be mad at As long as you go to LoadRainPictures.com. L-O-W-R-A-I-N Pictures.com. That's where all of our episodes are, as well as our friends Marty and the Arrogant Observer yes. doing their Year 30 podcast that yes. they've done for much longer than us and much better quality than ours has ever been in. Our sound quality just keeps degrading. I don't think so. I think this microphone oh, is I'm pretty in, good. I meant before. Like we oh, degrade yeah. and then go back up and then degrade. And now it's just at a steady... We're Look, everyone who listens to this, I, I hope they know that we're purely independent podcast, purely self-funded We don't podcast. get paid for this. We don't get paid. We do this for fun on our weekends. It, even, though, even though literally the next three weeks, including this one, are Disney movies. So it's like Disney's Well, you know, the next <laughs> one's a Disney series. 
But hey, Disney, if you want to pay us to review your movies, just know that we're going to be impartial. We're not, we're not, like, no matter how much money the mouse gives us, we're not oh. going to uh, tell you how much we love a bad movie. Yep. Full Court Miracle. It's great for nostalgic reasons, for yeah. wholesome reasons. It's the movie you didn't know you needed right now. Uh, no matter how much the mouse, um, no matter how much money the mouse gives us, I will not say anything good about Beauty and the Beast, Bell's Enchanted Christmas. I can't do it. Oh, I thought you were going to say Beauty and the Beast live action. Like They also, literally yeah. just moved the Emma Watson because she was Emma Watson. Yeah, literally. They didn't care that she couldn't sing. Yeah. Sorry. It, Sorry. I'm honestly Sorry. still way more mad about Bell's Enchanted Christmas than I ever will be about the basically harmless live action. Well, at least they didn't do what Tom Hooper did with Les Mis, where he literally starved his actors to be more realistic and then made them perform live on the set after being starved and dehydrated for several days, oh, which see. any vocal coach <coughs> would be screaming at you, what the fuck are you doing that's vocal and body abuse? Oh, see, I thought you were going to Thomas Hooper should be sued for the way he treated his actors on that movie. I hope he's listening. I hope he is, too. I hope Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman <coughs> are listening to this, because, man, I feel for you guys. That was unbelievable. What, uh, see, I thought you were going to talk about Russell Crowe and how he can't sing in that either. I, I he mean, tries. He does he his tries. best. It's not that he's not a singer. He's a folk and country singer. And in that movie, he was surrounded by trained musical theater operatic singers. It's a dichotomy that doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Not saying Russell Crowe is a bad <coughs> singer. He's just of a different style, and it didn't really fit. But anyway, we're not talking about Les Mis. But I think you have a bunch of things oh, you want to talk so about. So actually, right? I wanted to go ahead while you're padding for time. I wanted to check and see if I could find... If we had any emails because i have been checking recently and i just want to check right now and see but i know the answer is probably going to be no no i do never want to open youtube while i am recording never ever I, come on button <laughs> i don't know what you're trying to do button no thanks there we go that's the one i want please please bear check with us email. while the admiral tries they, to no, I don't want to use the Gmail app. <sighs> Nothing. We didn't nah. Not. Zip. Nada. Zilch. Good day, sir. If you're out there listening to this, let us know that you made it to this part of the episode by emailing cinemagems15 at gmail.com so the poor admiral can actually get a notification on his phone for once. That is a YouTube or a spam call. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but guys, we do have a quarantine watch list and literally... I think 30 seconds before we recorded, I turned to the butt my <laughs> And I, I've never knew he had this type of power. It is, it is, and I just Ready go. for this? I just whip this out. out and I go, way. hey, can we do a quarantine watch list theme? And he's like, I was like, I got you. It's the quarantine watch list. What'd you watch when you were all alone? But it, I had the dogs. I wasn't alone. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> Alright, so you ready? Ghostbusters Afterlife. What did you think of that? Full really... fucking yeah? gem. Yes. Oh shit. So okay. it's a direct sequel to the first one. Second okay. one does not help. Cool. Does not help. Because I didn't love the second one. Other People's Money, it's got Danny DeVito. It's got another chick, okay? And it shows how he really loves this <laughs> Another woman. chick. That's... He loves this woman so much that he tries to like upend a business to make him more money he's like an 
He works in a business firm in New York. Yeah. <coughs> For, forgive me, I'm pulling up Ghostbusters Afterlife on yeah. IMDb. And he really, like, actually, like, loves this lady. And he gives up his, like, he gives up the company he's trying to buy that's her parents. And, you know, they don't choose to go his route. <coughs> so he's sitting there and he's all bummed out and he's all, he's all hurt because he literally threw, he literally gave his last hurrah to fall in love with this woman. Yeah. Immediately calls him at the end of the movie and he goes, hey, uh, do you want to help help us go with this? Because that's what we're going to go with. I'd really like to work closely with you. And I love how he just stares at the camera and goes, I'm back, baby. I'm back. So this was written and directed by the son of Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Jason Reitman. Yeah. And from From Ghostbusters Afterlife, not other not other people's money. Yeah. From from what I've heard, uh, this is basically like literally his POV of being the son of a Ghostbuster. Yep. That's and why it's done so well. He's also, if you watch, have you seen Ghostbusters 2 at all? I did a long time ago, yes. <laughs> okay, so you know the guy who's like, my guys, my dad said you guys were morons and liars. That's the director. Really? That's Jason Reitman. Okay. Yeah. Um, apparently Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson. <clears throat> I didn't want to give away that. but Are in this. Apparently Sigourney Weaver, J.K. Simmons. I didn't want to give away that. I mean, like, sorry, the original Ghostbusters are in this movie. I didn't want to give Not away sorry. that. Not sorry. I'm not saying how they're in the movie because I have no idea how. It's um, there's a difference between knowing the fan service is in the movie versus how well the movie executes that fan service. And is it just empty fan service? No, or does it serve a good purpose in the movie? It knows how to do fan service correctly. Okay, it does it correctly, and other movies fail horribly at doing it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, other people's money, like I said, full gym. That's a good one. That's on HBO Max. You should check that one out. Yeah. Uh, Danny DeVito's great in it. Um, so when I went to Renaissance Festival la- a couple weeks ago, I saw a World War Two, a World War One person walking around in World War One, like okay. get up at the Renaissance Festival. Yeah. I turn to Patron. I'm like, is he real? <sighs> we is only saw him three times, and he did not interact with anyone else. <laughs> Okay. So I went and watched 1917 because of him. Oh, nice. Full gym. That movie's amazing. Nice. Um, also, Planned Trains and Automobiles. Watch that with, uh, watch that with uh, Chef Miyagi. Because legit, I was like, hey, Chef Miyagi, you want to watch that? Oh, yeah. We watched it the day before Thanksgiving. Me and him laughed so hard. And Patron has literally told me that there's a scene in the movie <clears throat> that I laugh at when they're when they're going in between two truckers, two giant 18-wheelers. Yeah. She's like, you laugh the exact same way every time. <coughs> That's why this is your favorite John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a full gem. I watched Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, God. Why? Yep. Literally, why? when I picked up Cowboy Bebop, I was like, oh, hey, I've been wanting to watch this movie. Never seen it. you never seen it before? Oh, okay, I actually have seen this when it came out. Okay, cool. So I guess B, not knowing the hype, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't terrible. It's a, it's a stupid, fun little popcorn flick. It knew exactly what it was. Yeah. It's a Saturday matinee movie. Yeah. That's exactly what it it's, is. It's fun and dumb, <laughs> but mostly fun. Um, also, I watched... This, this, I think it came out right at the time of like Harrison Ford like acting re- again. Revitalizing his yeah. career. Because it didn't come out in 2011? 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. right, right as the new Star Wars films were being oh. made, I think. Were being talked about. Uh, also watched the Foundation series, the first season on Apple TV. Okay. It's really fucking good. Yeah? Really good. I did not know, like, I've read the books a long time ago, and I don't like Asimov because he just preaches too much. He just, he literally throws everything at you and you're like, it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot. I guess I'm supposed to take this at face value. I don't know what's going on. And then he would change it to me like, like six chapters later. Right, it's I like did, Star Trek. The only time they ever bring up the Prime Directive is when they're about to break it, just exactly. this once. So, the thing about it is is that I liked it so much because I didn't know it could be filmed. And then when I watched it, visually, it was fucking gorgeous. Space, in general, in that universe, fucking gorgeous. And you also have the son of fucking Albus fucking Dumbledore. Oh, that's awesome. As this prophet. Yeah. And I'm talking about the original Albus Dumbledore. Yeah, Richard Harris. Yeah. Jared Harris. Jared Harris. Um, uh, A.K.A. Moriarty in the... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. RDJ and yeah. Jude Law. Yeah, that's Sherlock. Also watched Dutch uh, on Thanksgiving with uh, Chef Miyagi. And we missed doing that one for Thanksgiving because that one came out 30 years ago. Oh. It well, came out in 1991. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, saw, also saw The Storyteller. The entire... Okay. So back in the eight, late 80s, Jim Henson had enough money so he could do what he wanted. He finished Fraggle Rock. He's like, all right, I want to do the Jim Henson Hour. So he literally would do 20 to 25 minute folk tale yeah. movies called The Storyteller. Have you yeah. seen this? I don't think I have. John Hurt is the fucking storyteller. That's awesome. He's just He just talks. And then the I son of, of Jim Henson, Brian Henson, is the dog. And the dog talks. I forgot how many times I watched this series as a kid. That's what I wanted. And that's what I have. I have two dogs that I give voices to. And it's because of this show that only lasted one season. That John Hurt looks phenomenal. Fucking phenomenal, by the way. He looks young as hell. Literally, it's on Prime. Please go check it out. Folklore, they got Russian folktales, they got German folktales, they got, I think, French, British folktales, and they also have a whole other season of Greek folktales. Fucking amazing. Fucking great show. Okay, Please so, so, noted, I have a very special All Muppets episode of Um Actually to show you, Oh. Uh, where they, the, the questions are all Muppet and Puppet based. It's great. I think okay. you'll love it. And I think you will nail, excuse me, almost every single question. Um, I'm not done. I'm sorry. Go, go, go for it. Because I, I was going to tell you about what I watched all oh. day yesterday. I got, I got three more left. Three go more. For three it. more. Go for it. <coughs> I saw Encanto last night. How was that? Okay. That's the new animated Disney yeah. movie, right? Okay. W- uh, written by Lynn? Uh, I think he helped write the music. Okay. I don't know if he helped write the actual dialogue. Okay, so. After the movie ended immediately was turn up a turn and go, I gotta use the bathroom. Because I was holding it the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll be back. I want to watch the end credits. Go use the bathroom, come back. <clears throat> I fight through a flood of people to get back. Immediately, go sit next to, go sit next to my wife, Patron, and I go, is it weird that my favorite thing in the entire movie was the music? And she goes, no. I loved it too. And I was like, followed close by, secondly, the animation. Yeah. She's like... <clears throat> That was one of the best parts ever. Like, it is so fucking 
beautiful just to listen to because I've actually just listened to the the soundtrack. Yeah, on repeat. Nice. I the the Hanukkah songs have taken a back seat to Encanto. Lin Manuel knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, I also watch Cadillac Man with it has stars Tim Robbins and Robin Williams. The first thirty minutes, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." Oh, there's Fran Drescher topless. Okay. Nice. All right, cool. Keeps getting it's getting really interesting. Then all of a sudden, I guess the guy who wrote the first thirty minutes just left, and the other guy, it literally took a fucking turn. Okay, so Robin Williams is a car salesman, and he's a sleazy ass car salesman. Okay, he's sleeping with like two to three different people. Friend, what, what movie is this again? One more Cadillac time? Man. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen this one. I've never seen it either. So Tim Robbins is the boyfriend of one of the secretaries where he works. Okay. And Robin Williams' manager is fucking said boyfriend's wife. Wow. So Tim Robbins is play, is, plays the boyfriend, and he plays it fucking phenomenal. It literally looked like this is a prequel to Jacob's Ladder. But okay. that's, just, that's just what I think. <clears throat> so as it's, as it's going on, uh, he just rams his bike, runs it into legit. Okay. So set it all up. There's a, there's two Russian there's a Russian couple that walks in, and they want to buy a car because they're having a sale. Then Fran Drescher walks in and she goes, "Hey, I brought my husband to buy a car because he wants to buy me a car." And she's all like, "Hey," and he's like, "I've dealt with you before." And she's like, "Yeah, hey, hey." <laughs> uh, and then his ex-wife is on the phone talking about how their daughter hasn't been home yet for the night. Blah blah this. So as this is all happening. All of a sudden, you hear off screen a motorcycle rev, and I was like, and it goes, oh, God, no. My first thought was, I wonder if that's how the honorable Tesla feels <laughs> when he sees a motorcycle. Oh, God, no. <laughs> so, motorcycle crashes in. Guy's got an AK-47. Oh, no. Holds everyone hostage. Has no idea what he wants to happen. Robin Williams talks him out of killing everybody. And then... Robin Williams is like, okay, got all these people, got to get all these people, got all these people. Alright, now me and you are going to walk out, but you're going to leave the gun here. And Tim Robbins is like, I can't leave the gun here. What are you talking about? The gun? I need, they're going to think I'm a wimp. i got to keep the gun. So he says, I'm going to take the bullets out. So he takes the bullets out, hand them to Robin Williams. So they walk out. And of course, there is... It's a hostage situation. So there are cops everywhere from every possible angle, right? Yeah. He I, walks. I'm, I'm following you by reading the plot on Wikipedia. He, wa- he walks out. Uh, Robin Williams do, is like, do you want to spoil this movie for anyone who hasn't seen it? Because neither of us had seen it before you watched it. Uh, do, do you want to spoil this movie for anyone who hasn't seen it? <coughs> well, I was just going to say, it's, like, it's, it's a nice poignant moment that Robin Williams just... All he cares about is making sure this guy's safe. Hmm. And also his other, Robin Williams' other girlfriend, yeah. literally runs into, breaks police boundaries, runs into the hostage, the hostage situation, and she goes, Hey, Joey, go fuck yourself. Yes. And it runs out. As he has his ex-wife, one of his girlfriends, and it, uh, Fran Drescher's dog it just is a Pomeranian, so she just yaps the entire time. And then he has another girlfriend. Look, the guy's a sleaze. 
it's amazing. It's a wonderful movie. I'm so glad I was inebriated when I watched it. Because that was the perfect time to watch it. That is a drunk half gem. Okay. Literal drunk half gem. Drunk half gem. Oh, and also, um, I will put on, because it's, cause it's the holiday season, and I wanted to watch Full Core Miracle again, but I was like, eh. So I put on a Nightmare Before Christmas while I was making breakfast for uh, Patron Silver and also Chef Miyagi. And we had we had breakfast and discussing Kanto and watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Nice. That's it. That's, and also I got some comic books, but I want to hear about your... So, so real quick, I, I have two things for my quarantine watch list. Um... One, all day yesterday, so we recorded the show typically on a, a Tuesday or Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. Where uh, all Tuesday, I was in front Matt of the TV watching Matt Pat's Game Theory $1 million challenge for St. Jude. Now, if you don't know what this is, uh, Matt Pat and his wife Stephanie had a whole bunch of YouTube channels all around theories. Food theories, film theories, game theories, uh, some science theories too, actually. Um amazing channel if you haven't you know seen them what the hell are you doing you probably haven't been on youtube before like make a youtube account and go watch them because they're great and for the last three years they have at the end of the year compiled a whole bunch of youtubers and some uh celebrities too and raised a shit ton of money all for saint jude for cancer research for children and it's incredible they had so many amazing YouTubers. Mr. Beast, a very tired Markiplier, which is the most relatable thing I've ever seen on YouTube. Markiplier just sitting on stage with a trumpet, not even playing it. Just like, I've been up for 36 hours straight editing a video, but I wanted to come here because I love what you're doing and it's great. But dude, I've been up for 36 hours. Like, fully delirious <laughs> Markiplier. I will find you the clip of it. It's the best part. Because Tired Markiplier is the most relatable thing I've seen on YouTube in quite a while. Um, I donated a little bit. GLaDOS donated a little bit. Uh, and I'm so happy for anyone who donated to this. Because I think by the end of it, they raised well over their goal of a million. They got to about a million and a half. Well, damn. Uh, and it was phenomenal. It was so much fun. They had all kinds of games and shit. And I hope they do it again next year. Maybe uh, we'll be it was, on it then. Oh god, I hope not. That's too much pressure. They they do Pictionary, and I I hate I can't draw. No, we'll pick so. the easy one. We'll pick the easy words. I'll be like, nope, not doing that one. Um, All right, we'll do this one. I have one more thing for the quarantine watch list, and then I have an in memoriam. Okay. For this week, but uh, for my quarantine watch list, I've been watching. Uh, uh, they haven't released the whole series yet. They're doing uh, bit by bit every Friday on Amazon Prime. The Wheel of Time. Oh, how is that? Uh, Did you want to review that? I think we might review that uh, toward the end if uh, if, if, when all the episodes are out. um, I'll let you know if the series is is worth uh, watching. Have you read the books by Robert Jordan? I haven't either, but I've been told by many science fiction nerd friends that like it's an iconic uh, sci-fi fantasy series. Um, Kind of, it's not really spoiler alert. You notice within the first five minutes of the series. It's a post-apocalyptic show disguised as a fantasy a fantasy medieval show because it's the wheel of time that keeps turning and repeating itself. And once again, they're in the middle of the cycle. They're in the middle of the cycle, and you know the cycle has gone several times over. So this is like the fifth or sixth, or as far as they know, time where like 
they have a chance to break the wheel. So it's sin- it's cynical or cyn- yes. cynical. Um, Not cynical. I- I've heard a lot of people describe uh, um, Robert Jordan's books as uh, kind of Taoism and Buddhism for dummies. Oh, okay. It, it's a lot of the uh, non-linear time ideas of Taoism and Buddhism. Okay. Um, Look, uh, that's something that I that's something that I want to watch, and I wouldn't mind doing it. But I think December's book, so we might have to do it January. We, we might have to do it January or even February. Like last year, we we were a little bit late to season one uh, or season two of Mandalorian. I don't mind oh, being yeah. a little bit late to, to this series. You know why? People are like, why? It's like, because you missed the coattails, and then they come back around, and you grab them the second time. Well, and also, <laughs> because let's be honest, a wizard is never late, nor is he early. He arrives precisely when he means to. I'm looking at I'm looking at the booth right now. And they're agreeing with me. And Fantastic Miss Frida's in her outfit. She has no idea what's going on. Tesla's in his poncho. He's in his poncho. You, you can't deny Tesla looks like Gandalf. You can't deny Tesla looks like Gandalf. All it needs a little staff. He just needs a little staff <laughs> and a little wizard head. It'd be fucking great. Um, I do want to talk about one uh, in memoriam. We lost an icon in the musical theater world last week. I I knew you were going to bring this up. That's why I let you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, Steven Sondheim passed away. Uh, he, he was in his 90s. And he to say that he lived a long, fulfilling, amazing life full of amazing accomplishments is the understatement of the century. The guy co-wrote West Side Story with uh, um, Leonard Bernstein. He wrote uh, Sweeney Todd, Into the Woods, uh, Assassins, highly underrated musical by Sondheim. Like, I... Sondheim was one of my main inspirations as a high schooler growing up because I heard old musical theater, like... Uh, the Music Man. I was like, man, that's kind of boring and, and lame. And then I heard Sondheim shit. I'm like, oh, this is dark and awesome. Let's go. <laughs> Freaking Into the Woods being Shrek before Shrek was ever a thing. Yeah. Like, come on. It rips all of the, the fairy tale stories and just rips them a new one and then reconstructs them in a more helpful, realistic way. It's so good. Uh... Do you do you have a favorite specific Sondheim musical or moment? I was gonna say, so me and Patron absolutely love West Side Story for the music, yes. and everything else. But we hate that it's based off of Romeo and Juliet. I agree. That's the only thing we hate about it. Yeah, it's the only thing we hate about it. So I really like West Side Story. I don't like the name calling in West Side Story or the yeah potential. Blatant racism. Exactly. Sharks and Jets. Blatant racism. And also how they got... So is it safe to say you're not exactly looking forward to the remake? Um, I actually kind of of am. Not the spotlights in my eyes constantly. But actually more of... It's probably going to be more accurate telling. Yeah, I hope so. And that's what I'm excited for. Um, But knowing Spielberg, he's also going to stay true to Sondheim and Bernstein's And also Sweeney Todd I like a lot as well. Um, if you like Sweeney Todd, the, uh, Johnny Depp movie, go back and watch the stage version. And same with, uh, the Emily Blunt and Meryl Streep version of Into the Woods. Not saying it's bad, but if you like the movie, you'll like the musical a lot better because the musical has actually all of the important plot shit. Speaking Um, of Shrek memes, 
Hmm. I have a Shrek meme for you because you mentioned. Dude, do you Shrek. want me to read the Shrek meme aloud for the listeners? Yeah. Me walked past a bush. My brain. And it's just a picture of Shrek looking at the dwarves with one of them being a leaf. You! You're coming with me! You! You're coming with me! Thank you for making me read a meme out loud. That totally doesn't date or age me. <laughs> um, um, but hey, uh, listeners, if you uh, were also touched by Stephen Sondheim... Uh, reach out to us and let us know how you felt. What was your favorite moment of his? What did... What made you feel... What well, song popped into your head when you found out that he had passed away? Because for me, it was it was two things. It was first off, it was agony far more painful than yours, uh, and then also from Into the Woods, uh, no one is alone, oh. which <clears throat> makes me fucking cry every time. And I had a fun moment with one of our friends uh, at Swapper Jacks, uh, where we also connected on uh, a bunch of different. Um, Sondheim songs especially no one is alone because that one when you're a lonely high schooler and you're convinced that everyone hates you that hits really hard uh, see, mine was, I don't even know if he helped write it with Bernstein or not or if Bernstein wrote this song but I also thought of the song tonight mm-hmm. like because that song to me is look look I grew up watching that movie a lot and I didn't see it for like 15 years and then I saw it again recently and I was like this is not age well at all it doesn't age well but it's oh it's just the music's the music great it's so fucking the music's great i just i hate everything else about it so um, good uh but no that was that was one of my i thought of if you're ever really bored go on youtube and watch the like behind the scenes of the recording of the original West Side Story soundtrack where Leonard Bernstein is just laying into, and I forgot who the famous operatic tenor was that was singing all of Tony's parts, but Bernstein was not happy with it. And this is like a grade A, like, performs at the Metropolitan Opera on a daily basis, like, legendary level singer, and Bernstein is like, no, I hate what you're doing with my work. <laughs> it's great. Okay. Um, uh, I also have um, a couple of comics that I watch for a quarantine watch list. Are you going to get tune ready again? Quarantine watch list. There you go. That's, that's, uh, also, I, I finished the entire Darth Vader comic We've been run. doing that segment for more than a year and a half, and I'm just now making a song for it. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Now, well, anybody... To be fair, when we, when we made that segment, we were in the old video store where I didn't have any of my instruments. You didn't have access to the instruments. Right. For the last few on... months, we've been recording in the Buttmeister Musical Because they were annex. behind glass. Right. The Honorable Tesla was there as a little security guard. Right, for the last few months we've been here in the Butt Maestro uh, recording annex, yeah. um, where I have all my instruments. Um, so I finished the Darth Vader comic run. Okay. Holy shit, was that good? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Holy shit. They better make that a fucking movie. Like that could be a movie on its own. Also, uh, having Jason Jason Isaacs, you know who Jason Isaacs? Yes. Yes. Having him read Thunderball to me was chilling cool and also amazing at the same time cool that's my quarantine watch list and you got to do it the in, the outro you gotta do an outro now what'd you watch when you were all alone okay. i wasn't alone i had the dogs close enough <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like and now that's our quarantine watch list see i thought you're gonna play the outro we got an intro and an outro i know the the outro is just the second half of the song <laughs>
But anyway, losing my hat. If y'all like what we did this week and you want to hear more, uh, don't forget to go on to lowrainpictures.com. We have an entire five years worth of, of backlogged episodes waiting for you to listen to in 1.25 speed. Five and a half. Just one point two five speed. I always go one point seven five. Yeah. Well, I I I've been told that at the rate at which we speak, especially me when I really get going, one point two five speed makes me unintelligible, like completely oh. ununderstandable. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's I just audiobooks going, in general. Going. Audiobooks in general are other podcasts I listen to. It's either one. 1.5 or 1.75? 1. 1.5 speed is almost always too fast for me to understand what people are saying without subtitles. Really? Yeah. Oh, see me with, with audiobooks, I'm just like, I'm just focusing. That's probably I, how I'm going to have to listen to the Dune audiobook, because I know it's all on YouTube. I guess, to, me, to be honest with you, probably because I walk the dogs, and I'm oh. focusing on them. Yeah. So hearing the audiobook, I'm just like... Yep. Cool, cool. I'm like, I'm visually looking at, you know, the dogs... Being gleeful and fun and smelling smells, and then hearing Jason Isaacs read Thunderball in my ear. Don't forget to go to lowrainpictures.com to listen to all of our backlog of episodes and our good friends Marty and the Arrogant Observer. And Kevin George. And Kevin George. Uh, you can, of course, listen to the Your 30 show on Low Rain Pictures as well. Uh, you can tweet at wait. us and find the links to all of our episodes on Twitter, cinemagems underscore pod. And you can find fun pictures of us making the show on Instagram. Cinema Gems Pod. Thank you. You um, just pointed away from me? Like you pointed like this? I was trying to point at you. You pointed I was doing the this Disney way. Point. You I pointed this the, way. I was looking at the... Shut up. <laughs> Are you looking at the camera? This is a mic, not and a as camera. Always, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, recipes, uh, email us at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. at gmail. We love you guys. As always, be kind to yourself so you can be kind to others. Thank you to all of our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family for constantly supporting the show and giving us suggestions and love and criticism. And, yeah, we love you guys. Also, guys, uh, wear your mask if you feel comfortable or uncomfortable around people that aren't fully vaccinated. Um, and also get the booster if you can because I think the FDA has approved and the CDC has approved that anyone can get the booster now. If anyone's going to make fun of you for wearing a mask in public even though you're vaccinated... Just have in the back of your head, like, don't say anything to them. Don't acknowledge their buffoonery. Just have in the back of your head, be comfortable with the idea that, like, you are staying alive. You are doing what, if you are getting vaccinated and wearing a mask, you are doing your part for society, your contribution to society by keeping yourself and your family safe and keeping the people around you safe. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. And we love you for it. Uh, always, yes, always wipe your hooves and see you later, but always black lives always matter, guys. Always and still do. Bye.